Hi there, welcome to the Fearless Lady Podcast. I am your host, the Fearless Lady, Charlene Light. When I turned 40, I decided to create a really fun challenge for myself by stepping into my fears 40 different ways. I tackled fears around aging, going after my dreams, and even finding true love. This podcast is about that journey and how it transformed my life and how you can start looking at your fear as an invitation to step into your worth, invite more freedom, joy, and fun back into your life. Life can be an adventure. Live the life of your dreams. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to a brand new episode of The Fearless Lady. I am so excited to talk to you. I feel like it's been a while. (laughs) I mean, I don't know, something about this whole quarantine life, it feels like two weeks, feels like two months, you know? Um, We're here and it's day, I don't know, 60-something in this whole new life, right? This whole new world that we are in. And um, I want to jump right in and talk to you about um, my silent retreat that I gave myself. I said at the top of the episode that I was going to give myself a week of no social media, no talking to anyone. I was going to get up every morning and um, right before the sunrise and I was going to meditate, journal, and just really spend time with myself to to kind of go deep, you know? A question that I always seem to get is, you know, how do you know what voice is your true voice versus, you know, your ego versus your fear? Like, which voice should you follow? And I think, you know, it takes practice to understand and to kind of know what it feels like when you are trusting your true voice, right? When you feel like everything in your body is like a a hell yes, You know, like I'm thinking back at when I was 30 and I first started, um, I first took that big leap of faith where I moved to New York um, after living in LA for, you know, all through my 20s and working in an industry that I wanted to be in and all that stuff. And what I started to realize is the voice that tells you beyond a shadow of a doubt like this is what I want, where you get excited, you feel inspired, you feel invigorated, you almost feel like it's not even a choice not to follow it. Um, Because the more I I talk to a lot of people who have listened to that voice, and we all kind of agree that it's almost like you cannot follow this voice, right? It's telling you to do something that you feel in your bones, feels so right or feel it in your soul, but society is telling you what you're crazy or your parents are telling you you're crazy or your friends are telling you you're crazy, but you just feel like, no, this is the right move. And when I was doing my little silent retreat, what I started to realize is I was getting so caught up in, you know, what everybody else was doing and what they're thinking, because all we're doing right now is sitting in our homes and, you know, yes, we're, some of you are working and some of us, I was sharing my yoga practice on, um, you know, offering it online, all that stuff. But so much of the connection was about talking, right? Talking to other people, how they're doing, talking to this person, watching and absorbing, you know, everybody's world online. And I just got a little bit lost. I lost um, that voice inside of me that was telling me to do something, you know, or I guess I didn't lose it. I just... I, I was aware enough to know that I needed to quiet all the external noise and go internal and just kind of get really clear on what these next steps in my career would be. So, okay, fast forward 
the very beginning, I was like, I don't want to wake up with an alarm because to me, an alarm is very alarming when you wake up. It's like, oh my God. And it's always reminds me of like going to something that I don't really want to go to. Right. And it's very abrupt. And I was like, no, I want to wake up in the morning because I want it to be a choice. So I just like told my body, like, get me up before sunrise, like whatever that means. Right. So the first couple of days, like day one and day two, I got up just as the sun was kind of coming up. So I went up to the roof and it was still beautiful. And I sat and meditated and then I journaled and the whole thing. And then by the third day, I started to recognize that the birds, the birds started to um, chirp a lot right before the sun was about to come up. So it was still dark. So as soon as I heard the birds, I was like, oh, that's my cue to get up, you know, so I'd get up go up to the rooftop and then the minute I would get up there it was just this feeling of nothing else mattered like I was starting to witness you know everything start to wake up nature start to wake up birds are flying I'm starting to see the clouds move I'm starting to see the sun kind of light up the sky and it was just so beautiful and so awe-inspiring and every morning it looked different you know some mornings the clouds were really heavy and foggy and I couldn't see the sun but you can feel it you know and then sometimes there would be this beautiful kind of design of clouds where you would see the sun the sun's rays kind of beaming through and that was just as stunning as as anything that I've seen you know and it just was so beautiful to have those quiet moments, you know? And then I started to realize once I meditated, once I started to journal out things, um, I went back into my apartment and, you know, it's very cold here in LA in the morning and then the sun breaks it up. But in those mornings, I was very cold. So I was like, hmm, maybe I should take a bath. Like a really warm bath sounds really nice. So now I've added that warm bath to my morning ritual, which has been amazing because to me, a bath is, it symbolizes luxury because for so many years in New York, I didn't have access to a bathtub or I had roommates so I couldn't really I didn't feel comfortable and maybe it was dirty maybe it wasn't as clean as I wanted it or I couldn't stay in it as long as I wanted because that you know if you have other people living with you you know what I mean um so for me taking a bath feels luxurious it feels like I'm giving myself just the ultimate self-love and self-care you know with bubbles and Epsom salt and it was a way to kind of nurture Um, and nourish my body and then also kind of release and letting go of like old toxins and and allowing myself, you know, it's very cleansing, you know, the water is very cleansing and I can close my eyes and I was listening to, you know, very kind of relaxing music and it was a way to reintegrate all that I kind of was downloading um, in my meditations and and then really take a pause and kind of absorb, you know, what it feels like to nourish my body, my actual physical body. So it was just the two acts and combination. Um, I, I still do it, to the, you know, so I started it, I guess this is my third week. Um, and it's just been so incredible. And so I feel like I've, I feel so much more empowered. I feel like the distinction of my true voice versus all the other voices um, is so clear to me. And what I think is also really interesting is like I'll have these amazing insights throughout the day. Like I think I had mentioned that I do a lot of walking around my neighborhood. That's like that's so vital during this time for me. And when I'm walking, and again, I'm in the midst of nature, I'll receive different insights, different downloads, you know, from stuff that, you know, happened either that morning or the day before, but all of a sudden something will just come to me and I realize, oh, that's, that's a piece of 
what I'm looking for, you know, in terms of like shifting and moving to this new direction. So it's so fascinating that I changed this one thing, which is to wake up in the morning, watch the sunrise, meditate, journal, take a bath, give myself that morning routine. I changed this one thing that's absolutely free that everybody can have access to and it's changing me. It is literally changing my mindset, my the way I feel throughout the day, the way I can um, take in certain things. You know, it's also kind of illuminating all of the voices at the same time. So whatever was maybe in my subconscious mind, you know, those limiting beliefs, those stories in my head, they're starting to kind of move to the forefront of the mind, and I'm starting to be. I'm able to now talk to those voices and those stories and kind of change them. And the way that I tend to do that is in meditation, I'll literally have a conversation in my mind talking to myself or talking to a younger version of myself, asking it questions, you know, like, for instance, like, why is it that when somebody yells at me or, or I, it's specifically when certain people yell at me, I tend to freeze. I tend to get I can't even use my voice to kind of talk back. Like, what is that? And so kind of investigating where I learn that, what's at the heart of that, what's at the core, and then and then really observing and trying to role play that so that I can change it at its core, you know, because that's the only way that we can really change how we function in the world now is to go back and see where did this come from? Where did I learn this? You know, what was I afraid of that made me stop in my tracks and literally freeze when somebody is, you know, angry at me or upset at me or even just expressing a different opinion that's the energy is very loud or abrupt or whatever it might be. Like, what is it in me that that is afraid to speak my mind or to say something back, you know? Um, So it was really fascinating to observe what was showing up and then also take that with me the next morning, the next day, maybe in a few days, or just throughout the day, you know, journaling around that. I think it's it's really important too to to and I caught myself a few times when I was in meditation that the grasping of something, right? Like so, if I in the beginning of my meditation would write, you know, who am I or what is it that I want, like these big questions, and then I would close my eyes and meditate, which basically all you're doing in meditation is you're observing your thoughts. You are watching them like clouds in the sky. You're not really being affected by them, right? Ideally, you're just observing, you know, and you're getting curious about them. Like, why is this coming up? And where? And then you follow it. You follow it down that road. And what is that? Why? Why am I thinking about when I was eight years old and a blah 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 happened? Like, why? What is that showing me? You know, you're just getting curious around it. And sometimes you're just observing, and that's it. You know. But I found myself almost wanting an answer to the question that I was asking. And then I was like, why do I need an answer? I'm just supposed to observe. I'm supposed to be present. That's all that I'm supposed to do. And I would open my eyes and I would just observe being present in nature as everything's starting to show up. And I would realize that I would notice things. Every day I'm noticing something different. The purple flowers on that tree I never saw before. You know, the fact that, uh, you know, the house is two down, has a barbecue. Like every day my eyes are opening up to something new and different all because I'm being present. You know, I'm not wanting anything. I'm just observing something. 
And that's sort of the same thing that goes on in meditation is like you just get better and better at observing and the things that you need to work through or work on, you just trust that they're going to show up and come up. I've always wanted to be a morning person. I didn't think it was me. I was like, maybe I'm just somebody that likes to sleep in and I don't want an alarm and yada, yada, yada. But now I realize you can do and have anything you want. You just have to have the willingness to do it. You know, I look back at all the times that, you know, I picked up a guitar when I was in my mid to late 20s and I taught myself how to play. And when I think about that, you know, when people tell me like, oh, you know, I always wanted to learn. You can still learn, but are you, do you have that willingness? And the willingness is really important. That is the key. The willingness to change, the willingness to create a new habit, the willingness to be consistent with it. Because it's like, you know, everybody uses this analogy, but going to the gym, you don't just go once to have the body that you want. You have to consistently go. It's the same with the mindfulness. It's the same with learning a new skill. You want something that you haven't had. You have to do something you never did. And that's a Wayne Dyer quote. That's actually one of his books. But it's so true. I want something that I've never had. So I'm going to start to create the life that I want, that I love, that I know is accessible for me. So I'm going to do the practices that I know are involved in that, which is to really get clear on what my voice is telling me and what my heart wants and to follow through with that. And if there's any blocks that are coming up to address them, you know, and to not shame ourselves or judge it for when it comes up, because there's always a gift underneath, always. And um, so, you know, I just wanted to start off the bat and tell you that that in and of itself is a fearless act because (laughs) doing a silent retreat in the midst of this pandemic, like that's like the total social isolating. You know, I basically went even deeper than was what was expected to me because I wanted to explore that. I wanted to know, like, what am I really afraid of? Because I'm not afraid of being alone. That's something that I realized. You know, I'm truly am not. I really love my own company. I am. I do really well. I really thrive when I'm alone. Um, I'm not afraid of my thoughts or my mind or any of that stuff. You know, I'm so curious about it all. I'm fascinated. And, you know, realizing that that fear of being alone is something that society puts on me or puts on us, you know, especially if you're a female, especially if you're of a certain age, it's like you should couple up, you should get married, you should be with someone. If not, there's something wrong with you, you know? And oh my God, how can you be alone? Like how, how is that even possible? Aren't you going crazy? You know, all of these crazy, you know, thoughts that aren't mine, they are not mine. And so that is empowering to know that those fears aren't mine. That's societies. That's maybe my families. That's my mother. That's, you know what I'm saying? So identifying which fears are yours and which are not is empowering. It's super empowering. And then you can move on and be, and when that thought comes up, you're like, eh, that's not mine. Sorry. Next. (laughs) All right. Getting back into my fearless journey, my friends, we are on day 19. So this was really interesting. 
I don't know if you ever heard of a flash mob, but um, they were showing up all over the place. And I, you know, I love to dance or maybe you don't know, but if you look on my Instagram, you can see many of my dancing videos. Dancing is the quickest and easiest way for me to express my joy. It's a quick and easy way for me to all of a sudden just have fun. Like I'm literally dancing in my apartment all the time, you know? So I thought, wouldn't it be great to see if there's a flash mob that I can be a part of? So I looked up online. They have a website and a New York City. Um, I remember that uh, you had to request to be part of it and then they give you a secret location. They don't tell you all the details because, you know, it's a surprise. All I knew that it was a flash mob and it was a marriage proposal. I'm like, this sounds amazing, right? So I show up at this dance studio in New York City and there's like these signs and it's like, are you here for the flash mob? It's like all very hush hush, right? And I'm like, yes, I'm here for the flash mob. I'm like, great. So you walk in and they start teaching us this routine to John Legend's All of Me, except it's the dance remix version. And it was so fun. I mean, I love to dance. I love taking dance classes. And there was like, you know, all kinds of people there. There were families. There were like mothers and daughters. There were sisters and brothers. There was everybody. There were people like me that were just there by themselves. And so basically you learn this dance. And um, and then once you learn it, they break you up. Like, okay, this is what's going to happen. They still don't tell you where this is going to occur, right? They just are like teaching us the dance. And they're like, okay. This is what's going to happen. We're going to have five people start. And so they bring the five people and they're like, okay. And then once that second verse comes in, more people are going to start to come in. And then, so they gradually have us all come in. We do the dance probably, I don't know, a dozen times or something with all different variations of like what groups are coming in and what groups aren't coming in. And here's the beautiful part of it. Everybody there is donating their time. It's not like we're getting paid to do this. We're just doing it because we want to. So the energy in the room was so again it was filled with love it just was filled with love which is like that's the best best energy to be around right we love to dance and we love to share our dancing with other people and we want to surprise and be a part of this you know whole flash mob proposal this beginning stage of two people bridging together their love and to marriage or whatever so then they said okay meet us at um times square and then I was like, okay, we're going to meet at Times Square. So we get to Times Square and I already start to make a friend and we're sitting back there and I'm asking everybody, oh, is this your first time? No, I did it one other time. Um, you know, I'm talking to people, gauging, and then all of a sudden it starts to rain, right? Which is like the worst thing. You don't want it to rain as we're going to do this, you know, flash mob in the middle of Times Square because um, we don't want to get wet. So it starts to drizzle and um, they just told us that the, the couple... Um, the woman was going to wear a red dress. That's how we can know like who she is. And the man was going to be wearing like a white suit or something like that, a white jacket. So as soon as they, they, they come out, um, he's going to kneel down and that's our cue to, um, no, I don't think he kneeled actually. Now that I think about it, it was after we did the dance, he was going to drop to one knee and then ask her to marry him, right? So anyways, so we just got our cues. This is what we have to look for. So we see the guy and then all of a sudden the music starts to play. 
<laughs> and then like the five people in the beginning start to come together and they're doing the dance and then we all start to come together and I just remember it started to drizzle and then she's like putting her hands on her face and like so emotional because she doesn't know what's going on and everybody's like what is going on in the middle of Times Square you know like literally right there where they do you know the big ball drop on New Year's Eve we, that's where we were and then after we Oh, yeah. After we did the dance, we all kind of um, take our hands out and point him towards him. And then the first few people bow and take a knee and then he drops to his knee and then she starts to cry. And then she says, yes. And then they kiss. And then I snapped a picture and you have to go on my Instagram to see it because it's just so perfect because it's like you see all these umbrellas around and then you see them kissing and you see one of the guys um, was videotaping the whole thing. It was just so Oh, it was just so beautiful. You know, I mean, I think that is one of my favorite things about living in New York City is that you saw these moments all the time, everywhere, because it was just that kind of a city where life was happening all around you, you know? And the fact that something like this exists, where there's a company called a flash mob where you can just like, you know, bring people together through dance and then surprise people, um, you know, by sharing this amazing, you know, whatever your, like, whether it's proposal or maybe it's a birthday, whatever you want to share. Like, I just thought it was so sweet and just so, it felt like a true extension of like all of us, you know, like it felt like our hearts were there and it was so beautiful. And I had always in my mind, when I would go into yoga classes, I always thought like, maybe one day they're going to do a flash mob for me. <laughs> You know, that like I would turn around, they'd all be like dancing in unison and they would be like, and, you know, I don't know what they would celebrate for me, but maybe just you're awesome or something like that. I was just like, that would be the ultimate. Like, can you imagine? I mean, I don't know, maybe if you don't like attention, but I just think that's the sweetest thing. Like all these beautiful strangers coming together to celebrate you and, to, and in this way, which is so pure, you know? It's so pure. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I'm just going to read you what I wrote. Yesterday afternoon, I was busy rehearsing for a flash mob happening in Times Square that evening. The rehearsal, about three hours long, was filled with everyone from grandmothers to moms and daughters to even kids as young as 10. We were all donating our time to create joy through surprise, that's the company's motto, and inspire the most romantic moments for the soon-to-be bride and groom. Flash Mob America is a spontaneous dance that appears out of nowhere with just one person, grows to hundreds of people, and then quickly disappears. The dance was to an up-tempo version of John Legend's All of Me. Here I was, having never done this before, trying to learn choreography and placement in just a short amount of time. But I wasn't alone. Almost half of the 50 people there were also first-timers. We were split up into groups, and the idea was to walk around Times Square as if we were just onlookers until our cue, the chorus play to join in and start dancing what we didn't predict was the rain i hear the music start i walk towards it weaving through tourists in the area i see the fiance he wears a suit and she is wearing a red dress details that were given to us at rehearsal so my adrenaline is pumped my cue hits i join in beaming from ear to ear with no regard that we're all getting soaked from the rain then towards the last chorus we split in half to allow the parents of the bride to walk through and surprise her she is crying one last move is to drop down on one knee while the groom proposes 
but we skipped that one as it was too wet. Everyone is applauding and snapping pictures, and all I can see between all the umbrellas was this one shot of them kissing. She said yes. And just like that, the crowd fades, people fall away, and the moment now is just a memory, but a glorious one that I'll never forget. Aw, that makes me happy. <laughs> Aww. I'm just thinking about the days that we can go back to to dancing and in the streets and surprising people <laughs> where we don't have to wear masks and oh, it'll be nice. It will be very nice. So I think I'm going to end this episode on that note because I think it's a beautiful one and I am just sending you so much love for not only a wonderful week, but I just pray that wherever you are on your path, that you're tuning in to what your heart is telling you. All I can say is that we all have our own inner wisdom within us. And, you know, how you get there, how you deepen that connection and how you start to um, tune in is, is going to be a choice that you make consistently you know um you know a yoga practice is a wonderful way to enter that um but there's all kinds of ways you know walking and being alone um in your walks where you're able to just allow your thoughts to come and go and without really any judgment you know giving yourself the space to really think and be in stillness and be in presence really um, that's the key. But for me, that is, that is the, that is the secret sauce, you know, and it doesn't cost anything. We can be doing that now. And I, I just, I hope that you are because truly when you're unhappy and when you're feeling that, uh, you're not utilizing your fullest potential like that, that to me breaks my heart because I feel like that's what we're meant to be doing is living our fullest potential, living the life of our dreams. And wherever you are, I just encourage you to take that one baby step towards getting clearer on where where your heart is telling you to go. I look forward to our next episode when I accept a dare from a stranger in a park. Number 20, new chapters. I'm going to end with a love song. Um, this is an acoustic version of This I Know For Sure. Take care, everyone. Falling and my feet won't 
touch the ground, no Nothing's ever certain But this I know for sure Cause I can see forever And he's standing at my door Cause I'm in I'm in love. 